I'm sharing about being transformed. Uh, firstly, I'd just like to say about Father's Day, um, I'm just thankful for my father in heaven and I'm thank th thankful for my natural father who's also in heaven. Um, you know, he might have died, we might have buried him, but it says absence from the body present with the Lord and I look forward to meeting him one day and I'm forever thankful for my dad because of one great thing is that he came to faith in Jesus when I was 19 and he prayed for me. And I can remember, I have a few pictures in my mind. I have a picture being a uni student at Griffith Uni down at Nathan. And I was about 19 and I was going on a trip to New Zealand and my dad rocked up. I was living away from home and he rocked up and wanted to pray for me before I went for this trip because he'd, by that stage, he'd really come to know the Lord and was on fire for the Lord. And he wanted to put his hands on me and he wanted to pray for me. And I always remember a dad who at that time of his life was reaching out to a son that was lost. That was me. I was a uni student and I was a lapsed Catholic and I was lapsing more and more away from anything to do with God. And I can remember a couple of years after that living at Tawong in a house with another friend and we're planning a trip to Japan. All sorts of dreams, 20, 21 years of age and making a wreck of my life and taking drugs, and my, I picture, I can still picture my dad knocking on the door of that house and asking me would I like to come home and save more money than paying rent in this house so I could save for my trip to Japan. But behind that was a motivation that he was, he, he was concerned for my eternal state and my soul, and he was praying for me. And I went, the next few days I went, I went home. I packed my bags and I went home, and that day... The next day after I left that house, it got raided for drugs. My best mate got caught with all my drugs. Um, went to court. Luckily, his dad had a good lawyer. He, he got off on some technical thing. And uh, I went home, and it was the beginning of a journey of coming to faith. And my dad prayed for me and tried to get me to church, and I mocked my way along and made fun of lots of things. But eventually, I one day going to church with him, went out and gave my life to the Lord. And I'm thankful for Dad that brought me to Jesus. So uh, I just, that's Father's Day for me. My dad's still alive. I don't know whether he hears these things. Probably not. He's got better things to do up there, I'm sure. But I'm looking forward to meeting him. And uh, I'm just, I was so blessed last week we had Lucas here. And what really blessed me was his testimony. Uh, uh, only of his, of, of his life that had been so changed. If you weren't here last week, listen to it. Uh, it was a great message about mud man, about this guy that Jesus healed that was blind and his eyes were washed and um, he was healed. And it was all this about our lives being changed. And Lucas was a really changed life. Really bad drug addiction to the point of psychosis to the point, and you hear, he shared about where he came from and his background and uh, how he got saved, how he met the Lord. And then one day he's up preaching and he's got an uh, uncle, I think it was, that came to church and the uncle said, um, uh, uh, only God could do that. And that is true. Only God can do that kind of change. 
That's our vision as a church, isn't it? To see changed lives. And it's a, it's, it, it's a change that only God can do. That's the power of the gospel. That's the power of a changed life. A couple of weeks ago, we had someone sitting in church who gave their life to Jesus. That was Marion. I know it would make a point, but Marion's giving you a wave down there. If you haven't met Marion, go and see, see her. I went and said hello today. I said, how's it going, Marion? She said, I am so excited to be here. Couldn't wait for Sunday. Hey, something's changed on the in, inside. I talked to her last week. She told me a little bit of her story, and I thought, only God. Only God could do that. It is so exciting. I tell you, there's nothing more exciting than a changed life. There's nothing more exciting than coming to faith and being saved. I just want to declare today that both then and now, change is possible. Now, whatever change you need, as Ben got up, I I love Ben's faith. I love Ben's confidence in God to declare what God can do. And I just want to declare to you today as well that whatever change you're looking for, God can do it. God can do it. He can do the impossible. He's done it before. He can do it again and he can bring the change that you're looking for. We should be the most optimistic people on the face of the earth. God can change our lives. You know, the change we're looking for, the change many of us have had, it it all has a beginning. It all starts with a new birth. The scriptures say, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Do those words excite you? Yeah, they they are great. Jesus spoke um, some words once to a Pharisee that came at night. Came at night, he probably didn't want to be known that he was seeking out Jesus, but he had a sense that this guy had a real connection with God. He had a sense he was more than some great rabbi. He had a sense, perhaps this is the Messiah. Perhaps this is the one. This is the one that the prophet spoke about. And he comes to him at night, and Jesus says, says to him, do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. You have to have that, that beginning, that new life. It was a, a new life, a change that was prophesied by the prophets. I just want to read you one of my favourite verses. It's from Ezekiel. And this is what the prophets prophesied that was to come. And it's all about the change that we're talking about that we've experienced in this room. It says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. Isn't that wonderful? He, he puts something, he, he takes the, the old completely out and he puts something totally new in and he not only does he put that in there, he begins that, but he's going to cause us to walk in his ways. He's going to write his laws in our hearts. He's going to not just change us, he's going to give us power to live the new life that he's called us to do. God's not about patching up your old life. He's about giving you a new heart, a new life, a transformed life. I'm not the old, they used to call me Guppy, that was my nickname. 
I don't know why. I think I was short, had round glasses, made my eyes bigger, and I looked like a little fish. But anyway, I'm not the old person trying to do better. I'm a new creation. This change that God's done in our lives has a direction. We all have the same goal. We're all heading the same way. You know that? We're not all, one's going here, one's going there, one's going, we're all heading the same way. This is the direction. Let me read it to you. I'm just going to read you some scriptures today. And we all with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, are being transformed. That's what's happening to you. That's what's happening to you as you worship today. That's what's happening to you as you meet with God each day. Every time you get closer to him, every time you say yes to him, there's a transformation going on. It says, a being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. There is something supernatural that's begun in our lives that is that has begun, that's happening, that's moving, it's going in a direction to make us like Jesus. And it's going to go on all the way to the day that we stand before him. It's an inward work. Maybe it's not seen, but, you know, sometimes you get a glimpse of it. That's, that's what excited me last week when I, I just went and said hello to Marion. And I thought, there's something happening in there. There's something that God's doing, and it's exciting. This is God's clearly stated purpose. It says, For those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son. He's moving us somewhere. The challenge is, and the question is, am I changing? You know, I, I, I often ask myself this, am I continuing to be more like Jesus? Am I more like him today than I was two years ago? You could ask yourself that. Am I more like him than I was five years ago? You know, is that change continuing to happen in my life? Am I going in the right direction? Am I going where God's put his spirit within me to take me a certain way? Because there's another pull that wants to take you another direction. And we need to cooperate and work with the spirit of God to take us forward, to make us like Jesus. We can grow older, we can get greyer, but are we getting more like Jesus? That's what matters. Let me say this, God is committed to changing you. He's totally committed to it. This is what he says. This is what Paul says. He says, He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's his clear purpose. That's what God's intention for you is. And you know what else I've found? You belong to a church. You get built into a family of people that love God that care for your soul. You know, there was in Psalms, it says, no man cared for my soul. Well, let me say, you get into a healthy church and there will be people caring for your soul. There'll be people that want to get alongside you and the burden of their heart is that you grow and become more like Jesus. That the change that he's begun in you, they want to see that and all that God's planned come to pass. This was Paul's heart. Listen to Paul's heart. This is what got him out of bed. It says, Him we proclaim, 
warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Paul said, for this I toil. For this got him out of bed. For this he put his work in because he was concerned about his brethren. He was concerned about people coming to faith, the new birth occurring, and people being changed and growing on and becoming mature and loving God more each day. So there's people, God's committed to it. The person sitting beside you, that's close to you, your, your, your brethren, we would say, they're committed to it. They're wanting to work towards it. Are we committed to it? Are we up for the task? You know, God has his part and we have our part. This is what Paul said to the Philippians. He said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. He said there's a responsibility we have. We've got to work something out that God's begun. We've got to cooperate. For it is God who works in you. It's almost like he's confused. You work it out, but God's at work at work in you. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work of his good pleasure. There's our part. This is the verse i just like to unpack a little bit today, which I feel just encapsulates this process of us being changed and being transformed. It gives us some insights into a couple of key elements that will foster the transformation. It's from Romans. It's in Ro Romans 12. You all know it well, I'm sure. But let's listen to it afresh. Romans 12, verse 1 to 3. This is what he says. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Paul begins with these words. He says, I, I appeal to you. You know, transformation begins with an appeal. God puts out a call to us. You know, he puts out a call at the beginning and he's always putting out a call for us to keep going, to keep following, to keep on the direction he wants. He wants us to keep working towards the goal. It's an appeal. It's an appeal to dedicate our lives to him. It's the same voice that says, come follow me. You know, what, what, what wonderful words Jesus said, come follow me. Come follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. I'll put purpose in your life. Come follow me, leave your old life behind. You know, these guys, they, they pulled up their boats and just left their boats. They followed him. There was always that tug, that appeal that comes from God, and it's always up to us to respond. Paul says, by, he said, brothers, by the mercies of God, you know, there's this whole thing, you know, all of Ro 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 Romans is a great read. You know, there's all these doctrines in there. There's all these truths about sin and uh, there's none that's, you know, not a sinner 
and there's all about justification and reconciliation and, 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 and living in victory. There's all these things and all these things that God has done. And uh, Paul bases his appeal on God's mercies. He, he, after everything that God has said, he says, this is what we have to do. Paul had a habit of writing many of his letters um, where he talked firstly about what God has done for us before he told us what God would have us to do. And it's all the mercies of God. It's this word grace. I just love the word grace. I love the whole truth that before God asked me anything to do, he stepped into the world and he did everything to make it possible for me. He made, did, did everything to throw down, to bridge that gap of sin. He did everything to pay the price. He did everything to reconcile me back to my Father. And uh, that is grace. God took the first step. He moved towards me. He's the God that came down. I'm not having to work to get towards him. He's actually coming towards me. And having done all that, having done all the things that Paul talked about in those 11 chapters, he said, I appeal to you by the mercies of God, by the grace of God, by what God has done, come follow me. Come get on the journey. And um, God always takes the first step and he empowers us. You know, having that revelation is, is so important. Trying to fulfill... Um, righteousness or fulfill the call of God, being more Christ-like, trying to fulfill that, trying to move in that direction uh, in your own strength, without the grace of God, without a sense of knowing what God has done, you will always fall short. It will just be too hard. Believe me, the best have tried and failed. Paul was the greatest of the Pharisees. You know, and he said uh, he was zealous for the faiths and he worked hard. He did everything he could. And this was his word. He says, but now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe, for there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift. Let's just receive that gift afresh today that God wants to empower us to live for him through the redemption that is in Christ. You know, grace is the greatest motivator that we could ever have. Knowing, it says, we love because he first loved us. Knowing that he's done it all. Looking at the cross and realising that Jesus, the Messiah, paid the price and gave it all, just should fire us to live for him. The next thing Paul says, he says, present, present yourselves, as a, present your bodies as a living sacrifice. So before you kick back and think it's all just let go and let God, you know, before you think it's just that, let me tell you, you don't automatically evolve into becoming like Jesus. There's all, there, there, there is another tide that's pulling you away and it takes some intentionality and some decisions and a response to the appeal. It, set, it takes us to present our bodies as a living sacrifice. It's not instant. 
It's incremental. It's forward. We just need to, to present ourselves. Sacrifices were dedicated to God. They, a sacrifice was put on an altar. We've got to give our lives daily to Jesus. We've got to dedicate our lives in him. We've got to present ourselves. You know, our bodies are what we do with, we do life with. That's how we do life. I walk, I walk around with legs. I, I, I go to work with hands. I look out through my two eyes. I listen to things. You know, that's the rubber meets my road life. That's our, it says, that's our spiritual worship. One of it, in one translation, it says, your reasonable worship or your rational it's a very practical thing. It's our everyday life is worship to him. We need to present ourselves to him. You know, the Greeks despised the body and they compartmentalised life and they thought, well, I can do this with my body and I can do this with my spirit. No, no. We, we are a complete whole being and we present our lives to him. We offer our, our, our members... You know, we offer our bodies as instruments of righteousness. It's about our tongues, what we talk about, our feet, the places we go, our hands, how we conduct our work, our eyes, what we look at, and our ears, what we listen to. We're to present ourselves as a living sacrifice. I don't know about you, most sacrifices were already dead. Maybe that's why they often say, well, the problem with, with the living one was it can get off the altar. We need to keep ourselves dedicated to the Lord. It, every day is what I picture. It's, you know, it's about the everyday things that make the difference. It's about the little disciplines of life. It's the healthy habits we build that take us to be more like Jesus. Uh, it, it's a work of his grace, and he's the power there but in our cooperation, we have to present ourselves in those daily things. You know, we need to pray. We need to open our mouth. We need to talk to him. We need to pour out our heart to him. We need to get fellowship. That's why Paul says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. And even so much more as you see the day approaching. We need to, you know, this wonderful book, these scriptures... You know, we actually have the Word of God to read. Presenting ourselves, just to read that. Just giving, living life together with people of faith. It all takes us forward. The other thing Paul says is, do not be conformed to this world. A more accurate way is, do not be conformed to this age. You know, we live in a particular age. There's an age to come. And there's ages to come. We don't know what God's got in store for us. It says, Eye is not seen, nor the ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love him. You know, God has eons and ages and stuff for us, and uh, this is just the beginning. But we're not to be conformed to this age. Paul says this present e evil age. You know, this age in which we live is dominated in many ways by evil things. You just watch the news, you look at life. You know, it's a mixture 
of the world is beautiful and it's great. We're made in the image of God and God's got his hand on it. But there's such brokenness because we fell and sin came into the world. And there's so much in this age that can just pull us along. We are not to let that shape us. We are not letting the world conform us to its image. We are in the image of God and we're presenting ourselves to be like him. We're not going to allow the culture of the world to shape us. It says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That is the key. That is the key. God works from the inside out. And uh, the focus is on the heart. You know, it's more than just the rules. When Jesus got up and shared on the Sermon on the Mount, he talked about, you know, you've heard it said, you know, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say, if you hate your brother. You know, uh, he just got up there. He just didn't bring um, the law of where it was for them to live. He lifted it up about ten notches. You know, he just lifted the bar. And uh, how can anyone live like that except the Spirit of God comes into us, except we're born again and except we uh, have our minds renewed and live by his power? It's about changing our perspectives from a temporal one to an eternal one. It's about changing our attitudes from the attitudes of the world to having humility and a servant-like heart and having loving kindness. Are we kind? Are we different to the world? It's about changing our motivations. You know, the, 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 the whole thrust of the world would be to chase riches Every telemarketer that gives you a call, the first thing they're going to do is dangle before you the chance to make more money. You know, they picture that'll catch every fish in the sea. You know, it shouldn't catch us, you know. It says, we seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Rather than it all being about me, we hold uh, a different perspective that he that um, will lose his life for my sake will gain it. You know, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? You know, they, they, these are words, these are eternal words that, as I said, a spirit and life that get into our thinking, that get into our heart and they start to motivate us. They're at our core. These are the, that's what the renewing, the transformation that's going on. It's happening in here as we engage with God, like Ben was saying at the start. You know, let's keep engaging with God. Let's keep communing with him. Let him do this work in us. Let's cooperate with him. Paul used, this is a word here, metamorphosis. You know, we all know about the tadpole becoming a frog and the caterpillar becoming a butterfly. It's a process. It's a transforming work that's going on. Rather than being moulded by an outside pressure, which is what the world is and its values and the culture of this age, we are being transformed by the inward renewing of the Holy Spirit and it's happening through cooperation with his spirit and engaging with him many times through the scriptures. You know, I've been just uh, amazed again the power of the scriptures. Just want to read to you um, one verse Paul said. He talked about the scriptures. Just get this. 
He says, all scripture, all of it, from Genesis to Revelation, a lot of it, is breathed out by God. Don't you like that picture? Breathed out. It's like Adam was just made from the dust of the ground and he was formed in the image of God and then God breathed into his nostrils. He breathed life into him. This is what the scriptures do at times. Just picture yourself. When you meet with God and you read this book, it's breathing out life to you. It says all, 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 all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Teaching. You know, when I read this, when I engage with God and I read these scriptures and the Spirit of God is inside of me, something connects. Do you ever, I mean, I don't know about you, when I, when I first met the Lord, I'd uh, grown up as a Catholic, so we did from time to time read a bit of scripture. We didn't read as much. I think they read a lot more these days, but back then I didn't read it too much. And when I did, it didn't make a lot of sense. But when I got born again, when the Spirit of God came into my life, I tell you, these words leapt out of the page. They did what this says here. It started to teach me. It started to teach me God's ways. It started to explain to me how to love God. It started me to learn how I could please him. If I wanted to be a good dad, it instructed me. If I wanted to conduct myself at work and how I should behave, it gave me uh, teaching and instruction. If I wanted to know how to treat my wife, it was very clear. If it wanted me, it, it, when I started to want more money, it started talking to me. It started digging into my attitudes. It started to get to the very core of my life. It began to speak. It even re- reproved me. You know, I don't know about you, but I can drift sometimes. The potential is to just ease off the pedal and let the tide just take you. You can just drift that little bit. This book, this book reproves me. If my heart gets cold, it reproves me. If I get selfish, it pulls me up. If I get lazy and apathetic, uh, if pride springs up in my heart, you know, the Word of God works and speaks to me. It's like a mirror. And I need a mirror. I need a mirror when I get up each day. And uh, I'm fortunate. I wear glasses. I don't see very well without them. So when I look at myself in the mirror, I don't look so bad, you know. I'm glad I'm not wearing my glasses, you know. But when I look in this book, I tell you, it's as clear as clear. I see myself. I see a mirror. And the Spirit of God speaks to me through the Scriptures. It opens my eyes. And it calls me back to that direction that he's called me to, that he began with the new birth, and he says, I want to make you like my son. And I just realign myself, I repent, I say, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, I'm going to keep going, and I'm going to be like you. It pulls me back, it corrects me, it adjusts me, gets me back on track. I'd like to finish with reading from a Psalm 9. 19, just about the Word of God. Just wanting to encourage you all today to keep on the change 
process, to keep going, to keep engaging with the Spirit of God and with the Word of God. They work together. Listen to this. Wonderful words that David spoke. And he understood what it was. He was ahead of his time, had such a relationship with God, and he knew the value of the Word of God. He says here, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and in keeping of them there is great reward. I encourage you just keep going, keep being renewed, keep the change going. As we're changed and we're transformed, we, are of, we become more like uh, our dad in heaven, and uh, that's what he's looking for. He's, he, he has knocked on our door, and he's called us to follow him, and he wants us to be like him. Just keep working with the Spirit of God. Keep engaging with him this week. Keep being renewed. Keep being transformed. And uh, God bless you.